人。This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Has the biblical war of Gog and Magog begun? That's the headline question from the Jerusalem Post. Is the Russian invasion of Ukraine part of the end times prophecies? Well. Even the Jerusalem Post notes that many Christian leaders are watching closely. Today on Viewpoint, we're not going to answer that question directly because nobody knows for sure. What we can know is that her trajectory of prophecy is moving so rapidly that it's making our heads spin, and the entire world is trembling. That's right, the entire world is trembling. The World Tribune announced that the Ukrainian war kick-started the second phase of the Great Reset. Having achieved overwhelming success in the first phase of the Great Reset, the COVID pandemic, the World Economic Forum has found its catalyst for Phase Two, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. While the pandemic acclimated, acclimated the world to lockdowns, normalized the acceptance of experimental medications, an additional vector was required to accelerate the economic collapse before nations can build back better. Then, this headline today from the Russian Times: Russia's divorce from the West has pushed Russia into China's arms. Russia's military operation in Ukraine, and the consequent economic embargo, embargo by Moscow by the West, is the largest upheaval in world politics since at least the end of the Cold War in 1991. The result will be a complete reformatting of the country's foreign economic relations and its economic model, as well as Russia and the U.S. sinking into a protracted military-political confrontation in Eastern Europe. Both factors will have a direct impact on the situation in East Asia amidst a gradually growing confrontation between China. Beijing will be the only world center of power to benefit from the Ukrainian catastrophe in the long run. It is possible that the events in Ukraine will predestine China's success in opposing the United States. Then, from Israel National News, Putin's nightmare of Muslim Russia. Is the Ukrainian war becoming a jihad? From Israel National News, Putin is attacking Ukraine, fearing the death of Russia. From Newsmax, the International Monetary Fund, Russia's war may fundamentally alter global economic and the political order, and it goes on and on. With France's president. Macron saying that Russia's offensive in Ukraine is electroshock to NATO. All of these things, my friends, are prophetic collateral consequences to this war. Prophetic collateral consequences. We're going to take a look at those as we move further into the program today. Again, you're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always. With ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. One wonders how it could be with ever increasing conviction when every program 
is brought to you with deep conviction of mind and of heart and of soul and of intent. But as we see the time of the Lord's return approaching, as we see biblical prophecy rushing headlong into its fulfillment, we have to believe that our deep, the deep uh, aspects of our convictions must grow ever deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's one of the things that we try to do here on Viewpoint is to prepare people to grow their lives deeper and deeper and deeper in their trust in the Lord, in the power of his might, and not trust in the ways of men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes and potentates and powers and prime ministers and popes and, yes, presidents and Putin. Yes, we must learn to put our total trust in the Lord and in him alone. My wife and I, when we get together each morning for uh, study of the word and prayer, this is one of the main themes of our conversation, our trust in the Lord. This is what our goal is to prepare God's people to so deeply trust him that they will not be lured away in the evil day, but will have be able to do everything to stand, and stand they will. No matter how evil, no matter how deceptive, no matter how seductive the uh, things taking place in our world will be. So now you understand what we're doing, why we're doing it. For those of you who are relatively new listeners, and we welcome you aboard, uh, there are people, uh, as we have discovered, coming from or listening in not less than 113 countries. It may be well more than 113 countries because that's only from one of the sites uh, that we have record of that, that gives us that information. 113 countries two months ago, I believe it was 107 countries last month. People actually listening, not just having the program available, but actually listening. You see, there is a remnant throughout the world that is very, very interested. Interested in what's happening in the West. Because they see that Vladimir Putin actually doesn't have all that bad a description of the Western world. That we become debaucherous, immoral, and are spreading that debauchery and immorality and ungodly, unbiblical values throughout the world. In that, he is absolutely right. Is he absolutely right with regard to what he's doing in Ukraine? I cannot cont- uh, contemplate uh, whether, I, ca- I can't actually conclude that he is or he is not because he has different motivations. His motivations are not yours, they're not mine, but he does have some valid motivations, and it's like a coin. A coin has two sides, the heads and the tail. Which is which makes up the coin, the head or the tail? So the good side or the appropriate side or the reasonable side of Vladimir Putin is one side of the coin, and then there's the other unreasonable or fleshly side that is the evil side, and which is it that we are to look at and see uh, here in the Western world since our own eyes, our own glasses, our own biases are so restricted? That's what brings us to a lot of problems 
in our understanding of what's happening in our world, what's happening uh, in the church, what's happening in our country, what's happening in politics. It's as if we indeed truly see through a glass darkly. Unless and until we can bring ourselves to admit that, we're going to carry on with all kinds of wild uh, gestures through politics and economics and words and accusations. We're going to carry on in ways that we know not of. And we don't know what the consequences, the echoing consequences of those words will be like pebbles dropped in a pond and the echoing, uh, reverberating ripples that go out, not only our own spheres, but around the world. Today, Russia's divorce from the West, what are its implications, prophetic call collateral consequences. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. On March 2nd, 2022, the Jerusalem Post contained the headline, Has Biblical Gog and Magog War Begun? Now, we opened with that statement and that question here on the program today, and again, we don't know for sure. When does it begin? Well, it depends on how you define beginning. I think it would be fair and honest to say with integrity and a straight face that indeed the prophetic uh, stage is in the process of being set for that Gog and Magog war. But this is not the Gog and Magog war because the Gog and Magog war involves Israel, primarily Israel. It is an attack on Israel. In order to understand that, you need to go back to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, where God puts a hook in the jaws of the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, Gog and Magog, and call and, and draws that great leading nation into a secret confederation with Persia, which is Iran and uh, Libya, uh, Tagarma. I believe that happens to be Turkey. I believe that. Uh, I can't swear in the Bible, but I believe that. Uh, also, Gomer, which I believe happens to be uh, Germany. I can't swear in the Bible that that is true, because the Bible doesn't tell us that I believe that to be true. And then there are many other nations that are going to join in that confederation against Israel, as Ezekiel 38 says, in the latter days. In the latter days of what? In the latter days of the last days. The last days began with Jesus' ministry, death, resurrection, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. Actually, about 20, uh, about 30 A.D. About 30 A.D. 
If you were to take 2,000 years from 30 A.D., where does that lead you? 2030. What is the year that the United Nations has established as the fulfillment of its agenda for a new world order? 2030. What is the year that uh, the World Economic Forum has established for the fulfillment of the new global world order, the Great Reset? 2030. You see, 2030 is 2,000 years after the ministry of Jesus that concluded somewhere around 2030. You see, Jesus was not born at 0 or 1 A.D. He was born somewhere around 4 or 5 B.C. And so by the time he grew to 30 years of age and then ministered for three or three and a half years and then was crucified and rose again, that brings us to somewhere around between 30 and 31, excuse me, between yeah, between 30 and 31 A.D. So that gives you a little piece of the puzzle. So that means that we are rapidly, within about seven and a half years, approaching the 2,000th anniversary of the beginning of the last days. Does that sink in? Does that mean anything to you? The Bible says... In the book of Hosea, that after two days, God would raise up Israel in his sight. After two days. Well, Israel was dispersed through Rome, ancient Rome, in 70 A.D., about 40 years after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and the beginning of the last days. Jesus had prophesied that not every, that every stone of the temple would be thrown down. Indeed, it was. That same Rome now is resurrecting in the form of the Western world. It has resurrected. But now the sinews and joints of that resurrecting Roman world are coming together bone upon bone, joint upon joint, sinew upon sinew, just as with Israel and the prophet of Ezekiel 37 concerning the valley of dry bones and Israel. So Israel, reborn in 1948, you see, in fulfillment of biblical prophecy, now is having the Jewish people from all over the world, places where they have become ensconced for hundreds of years. Now, they're fleeing. Why are they fleeing? Because of the prophetic collateral consequences of the Russia-Ukrainian war. Over 200,000 Jewish people in Ukraine not to mention the 400 to 500,000 remaining in Russia. They're all being set up to make Aliyah or returned to Israel. So the Valley of Dry Bones of Israel is now rising up, being resurrected, so to speak, just as the ancient Roman Empire is being resurrected. So God's people are being resurrected and 
It's, uh, you know, joint upon joint, the neck bone and the head bone and all of those uh, bones coming together. That's what's happening. Prophetic collateral consequences that we don't usually see and you will never, ever hear talked about on the news. They have no biblical or uh, prophetic understanding of what's going on in our world. Therefore, much of what they say, if not most of what they say, is just the reiteration of noise. It goes nowhere. It doesn't mean anything. On this program, we attempt to take all of those same issues and many more and bring them together from a biblical viewpoint so that they mean something, so that they have a connection for our minds and for our hearts, for the very purpose that we would even spend an hour a day, five days a week, to listen to this program so that you might get that, not just the information, but that you would gain information that could bring about an increasing transformation in your mind and in your heart. So we should not be conformed to this world. We should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's what we do every day here, that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our time. So we look at what's going on here, and the Russian Times says Russia's divorce from the West has pushed Russia into China's arms. That's a prophetic collateral consequence. Now, why would that be a prophetic collateral consequence? Because it is separating Russia and China, the largest land-based nation in the world, together with the largest population nation in the world, into a kind of lovey-dovey, mutually beneficial confederation. That's what's happening. So this very day, Our president, putative president, had a long telephone call with Xi Jinping of China and supposedly warned him in his, uh, that is, in Biden's peaked, uh, faltering voice, warned him not to mess with the U.S. and uh, not to help uh, Russia against Ukraine. I'm sure that Xi Jinping is just trembling in his boots, isn't he? The Xi Jinping government has avoided condemning Russia, though, while leveling veiled criticism at the West for NATO expansion and its unwillingness to listen to Moscow's security concerns. So Moscow's security concerns have been irrelevant to us, but are extremely relevant to Russia and Vladimir Putin. We have to see it both ways in order to have a better understanding of the dynamics of what is taking place. Chinese officials are not calling Russia's actions in Ukraine an invasion. In the Chinese blogosphere, Vladimir Putin, as well as his actions and rhetoric connected with the Ukrainian operation, are met with wide approval by nationalist-minded people who draw parallels between that situation and China's relationship with Taiwan. China has taken a position of neutrality that is friendly to Russia concerning this conflict. During the UN Security Council vote on the Ukrainian crisis, China abstained, electing not to support the Russian veto. But it did the same during the Crimean crisis. 
China can't recognize precedents that support changing the status of its territories, since that would affect the Taiwan problem. America's sentiments about having discussions with China about the situation surrounding Ukraine, and even the China giving some consideration to Western sanctions, are completely divorced from reality, friends. In 2014, President Barack Obama tried to convince the Chinese not to conclude an agreement with Russia on the construction of the Power of Siberian gas pipeline, which Russia went ahead and signed anyway the very same year. Preparing to be tough, a tough conflict with the West, Russia sharply increased the share of, of the yuan in its gold and foreign exchange reserves. The Bank of Russia has $140 billion worth of Chinese government bonds denominated in, in the yuan uh, alone. Conditions exist for all trade between the two countries, Russia and China, to be shifted to natural uh, national currencies, mainly to the yuan, due to the vol volatility of the ruble. Beijing has become Moscow's largest nation-state trading partner. If this trend continues, one would expect the levels of the China and the U and EU in Russia trade to be roughly equal in the early mid 2030s, with the EU's embargo of Russia embargo of Russian imports. China could become Russia's main trading partner within the next two or three years. This, these are big deals, friends. Why is it important? These are economic and geopolitical facts or projections. But how do they fit in the bigger, greater panoply of biblical prophecy? Friends, all prophecy has geopolitical implications and applications. All of it. The prophecy is spiritually oriented toward the kingdom of God and the fulfillment of God's intentions on the planet and for the future. But they have implications and applications in the geopolitical realm, also in the economic realm. If you were to read the scriptures in the Old Testament, you will find that continually to be the case. As the wars uh, the, between the kings and with, with Pharaoh and with uh, Sennacherib of Assyria and Nebuchadnezzar and all of those, you see, they had prophetic significance but they were actual wars on the ground. They had economic consequences. They had geopolitical consequences, land consequences. But if we think that the real problems here are just what we see on the ground, geopolitical, oil prices going up and that kind of thing, we're missing the point. The point is that these are prophetic collateral consequences flowing from the various actions that are taking our attention. So China will inevitably become the dominant partner, and it's possible that in the near future, its share in Russian trade will be comparable to the peak values of the EU share in Russian trade just in the next few years. And it's still impossible to exclude the emergence of a formal Russian-Chinese military alliance or situational military interaction. Especially 
in the event of a crisis concerning Taiwan, when Beijing will be interested in Russia's nuclear umbrella to prevent American intervention, just like we're trying to prevent Chinese intervention in Ukraine. Okay, let's apply this very quickly. If indeed, as we see happening right before our eyes, China and Russia are uniting, at least from the standpoint of each needing the other for their respective roles and positions as they envision their future in world control. That means that we should expect that we're going to be dealing with those two big entities as separated or divorced from the Western world, the entire New World Order, setting the stage for the final events prophesied in the book of Revelation. That's where it's going. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Today on Viewpoint, we're looking at the prophetic collateral consequences of the Ukrainian-Russian war, but specifically related to Russia's divorce from the West. Russia is now virtually officially divorced from the West. The entire Western world. What is the Western world? The Western world is the resurrected Roman Empire. Russia now, even though technically part of Europe, is now completely severed, shall we say, from any concept of European consideration and has made itself persona non grata to the Western world. It's over. That part of it is over for Russia. But it's not over for Russia concerning Russia's view or viewpoint concerning its role in history. That's a different situation. And the Russian perceived role in history is a spiritual role. We've talked about it here on Viewpoint over and over again. That Russia sees itself as the third Rome, the ultimate protection of historic Orthodox Christianity. They believe, are convinced, that Orthodox Christianity is protected and preserved primarily by Russia and the Russian Orthodox Church, the Third Rome, and that there would never be another. That has set the Russian Orthodox Church against 
first Rome, which is the Vatican and the Pope. Therefore, Pope John Paul II considered Russia and the Western world, coming New World Order, to be his two greatest enemies. I wrote about that in the book King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end time battle. If you don't have the book, I urge you to get it. It's a $20 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. It's not on Amazon. It's only available on our website, saveus.org. Or call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, and we'll put the book King of the Mountain in your hands. King of the Mountain. That book also explains the Third Rome, the entire Third Rome understanding within the mind and heart of the Russian people, including Vladimir Putin. Now, whether you agree with it is not the point. You're free to disagree with it, but that's their viewpoint. And viewpoint determines destiny. A person's viewpoint always, always, always directs their destiny including yours. There are no neutral viewpoints. That's why the Bible said, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Or Jesus put it differently. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. That's why it's so important, friends, that in this very dangerous and delicate time of history, as biblical prophecy is being fulfilled in breathtaking speed right before our eyes, that we get our minds and our hearts properly oriented to the kingdom of God. America is not going to save you, my friend. China is not going to save you. The EU is not going to save you. The New World Order is not going to save you. These are all Uh, constructs of men. God has used and is using them to accomplish his purposes, but they're not all righteous purposes. Even our own country that I love is not all righteous, not even close. Just look at Joe Biden and even his family. And then maybe turn around and look at your own family. (laughs) I mean, oh, I'll tell you, we're, we're living in some very, very challenging times. And it behooves every single one of us to get serious about preparing the way of the Lord in our lives, to make straight paths for our feet. That means if there's any sin in your life, come clean before God. Stop playing the game. Stop playing footsie with the enemy of your soul. Stop excusing your unrighteousness. It's going to take some real humility for us, all of us, to come clean before God. But he says, if you and I will confess our sin, not hide it, but confess it clearly and openly, he will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we have to confess it, own it up, and then we have to turn from it. Confession alone is not sufficient. 
It may be good for the soul, makes you feel better, but it doesn't make you better. Until you, you change your ways, it's called repentance. Now we move forward to take a look at some of the other prophetic collateral consequences. Here's a fantastic, interesting one from Israel National News today. Putin's nightmare, a Muslim Russia, the Ukraine war as jihad. The only way for Russia to escape geopolitical demise is to become an Islamic state, said Russia's most famous Muslim who passed away five years ago. An Islamic scholar a few days earlier from the Chechen capital of Grozny declared the Russian invasion against Ukraine a jihad. The Washington Post wrote on one of the most important but least told aspects of the war in Ukraine, the role of Islam. According to the analysis of Radio for Europe, one-third of the victims of the Russian army in Ukraine have non-Slavic and Muslim names. And they went to war shouting, Alu Akbar. Foreign policy called it Putin's Islamic nightmare. What is it about this? Well, 20% of the Russian population is Islamic. Maybe you didn't know that. And it's surrounded by Islamic countries that were once part of the USSR. Contemplate the implications of that as we move increasingly toward the war of Gog and Magog, of Ezekiel 38, where Russia, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, gathers together Persia, which is Iran, and Libya, and many other nations with them. What would those many other nations be? Very likely those Islamic republics surrounding Russia that were formerly part of the USSR to attack Israel, to take a spoil. So even as today Joe Biden has leaned on China to denounce Russia, China is not going to do that. China has no respect whatsoever for Joseph Biden. He is up to his ears in corruption with China as is his son. Why should Xi Jinping have any respect whatsoever for Joe Biden? Why, when Joe Biden is refusing to uh, allow the United States of America, the country he supposedly represents, to gain and protect their own energy through oil and gas, and would go to the world's number one terrorist state, Iran, to get oil and gas, and then go to Russia to get oil. Why in the world, if you were Xi Jinping, would you have even one ounce of respect for Joe Biden? You wouldn't. He has no power, no authority. His power and authority is basically figurative. Yet his representative, Jane Psaki, 
says the fact that China has not denounced what Russia is doing in and of itself speaks volumes, not just in Russia and Ukraine, but around the world. She's right. It does. It's the law of unintended consequences. It's the prophetic collateral consequences. So China is being solidified in its establishment of its vision to rule the world, just as Xi Jinping has declared it will. And in its alignment with Russia, that has the nuclear weapons, and China has the human weapons, that is, 1.3 billion people, together they make a third of the entire world and its power. I want you to imagine what that looks like set against the UN, excuse me, set against the NATO, the EU, and the resurrected Roman Empire, the Western world. That's what's happening. This is the prophetic collateral consequence of this war, one of them. The International Monetary Fund declares Russia's war may fundamentally alter global economic and political order. It already has. Affect the entire global economy by slowing growth and jacking up inflation could fundamentally reshape the global economic order in the long term. Not only the human suffering and historic refugee, refugee flows, the war is boosting prices for food and energy, fueling inflation, eroding the value of incomes while disrupting trade, supply chains, and everything that echoes from that. The conflict is a major blow to the global economy that will hurt growth and raise prices, says the International Monetary Fund. Well, where does that lead? That leads to the Great Reset, friends. That's exactly what Klaus Schwab with the, Nas- with the uh, uh, World Economic Forum has in mind. That's what those who are working with him, world leaders, have in mind to see the economy of the world collapse so that this Great Reset will be cried for by we the people. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. All right, so far here today on Viewpoint, as we looked at the prophetic collateral consequences 
of uh, the invasion of Russia on Ukraine. We've seen how it has kick-started the second phase of the Great Reset from COVID as the focus to the war in Ukraine. Then we also saw Russia's divorce from the West, from Europe, from the West, and it's uniting for their respective purposes using one another, Russia and China, uniting as never before, uniting against a growing, resurrecting Roman Empire, the Western world, which is being sought to be united as a one-world government. Then, in addition to that, we've seen how this is altering the global economic and political order. Now, this is when it's order, altering the global economic and political order, what it really is doing is catapulting the world toward a one-world digital currency. Did you know that this week, Joe Biden, by executive order, commanded that uh, the three premier leaders of our country uh, in the area of economics, his uh, board, so to speak, ordered them to put together a plan to convert the United States over to digital currency and to present that plan on his desk within six months. That's where it's going. This war has catapulted the movement toward global digital currency farther down the track than the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset could ever have imagined. Where does that lead? With your amazing knowledge of the Bible and a biblical prophecy, you know that it leads to Revelation chapter 13, where through a digital monetary system that will be used to govern a new global beast empire that will rule the world, the final manifestation of world government, the resurrecting Tower of Babel system, will be erected in such a way that no man or woman will be able to do business, conduct any kind of transaction without having that digital connection. But what they have in mind is not your free use of the digital connection, but you have to pledge your allegiance to get the use of that digital connection. And if you abuse that, you will be denied the use of the digital connection, which means you will not be able to buy or sell anything. In other words, the government will have absolute control. This supposedly is a great thing, says Klaus Schwab. And the 
godless leaders of our world. They're looking forward to this and bragging about it. Bill Gates thinks this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's been trying to underwrite it and finance it and use vaccines as an engine to accomplish it. And all of this is being catapulted down the prophetic track as a collateral consequence to expedite the New World Order and its global government through complete control of all economics. Next, the Russian Times came out with this piece today. Russia's offensive in Ukraine is electroshock to NATO. France's President Macron had previously said that NATO was brain dead. That was just three years ago. Now, he said during a press conference yesterday that this attack by Russia on Ukraine has served as an electroshock to awaken NATO. A wake-up call to NATO. Now, what is NATO? NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, is composed of the Western world, primarily the resurrecting Roman Empire. So, what Macron is saying is that this war between Russia and Ukraine has actually awakened in ways that seemed impossible, has actually awakened NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the 30 members of that, to become one to move as one. Friends, that's exactly what Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, all of those world leaders, including Joe Biden, have in mind. This is like an amazing puzzle coming together. And you can see if you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, you can see it all happening right in front of our eyes. It's, it's amazing. It is nothing short of amazing, breathtaking, whatever kind of term, superlative term you want to apply to it. And you and I have the privilege of living in this time. You say privilege. Yes, privilege. Because apparently God saw fit to allow you to be a participant in these challenges, thinking that perhaps you were able to stand in such an evil day. But will you? Don't take it for granted. Because many are going to fall away. The Apostle Paul said many are going to fall away particularly just before the Antichrist, the imposter Christ, shows up and his identity is made clear. You can read about it in Thessalonians. Just before that happens, 
there's going to be a an unbelievable falling away of professing Christians from the faith. They're going to be disillusioned. They're going to be weakened. Their pastors are not strengthening them in the ways of the Lord. Not really. They're being fed a pablum diet of American churchianity and non-negotiable God bless you's, and they're not going to be prepared. No, friends, what we're trying to urge in this program is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, how do you do that? Well, the first thing you have to do is study to show yourself approved unto God. Notice I didn't say read the Bible. There's not one place in the Bible we're told to read it. What we're told to do is study it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. In other words, get serious. Stop playing religious games. Take your Bible to church. Then also read it at home and meditate on it. Study it. Memorize it. Cause it to be prone deep, deep, deep into the membranes of your heart and your mind. So that in the evil day, when the choices come that you must be prepared for, you will be able to stand, and having done all to stand, having your loins girt about with truth. Yes, we should pray. But friends, prayer without doing the rest of what God says is a foolish enterprise. I didn't say prayer was foolish, but prayer without obedience is foolish. A.W. Tozer said, prayer is no substitute for obedience. It's no substitute for doing what God has said. We like to think it is, but it isn't. Yes, men ought to pray and not to faint. But much more than that, we are supposed to do what God says. Jesus' brother said, Be ye doers of the word, and not just hearers only, deceiving your own selves. These are the things that we need to do. You need to be doing that with your children, purposefully. So dads get a copy of my book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. That's why the book was written, to help you be the man God wants you to be for such a time as this. It's God's message to men. Men, if we don't do that, God is going to hold you, me, all of us responsible. Are you listening yet? I don't know how much more to plead this cause. You're a jury of my peers. The American people, but particularly the church in America, and then those on the nations out there that are now listening to this program. Hearts of the Fathers, leaving a legacy that lasts. It's a $22 book on our website, saveus.org. It's a hardbound book for fathers, for grandfathers, for pastors, to help us to catch a true vision as to how to truly be godly fathers. Not to take our kids out to the ball game and buy them peanuts and Cracker Jacks. That will have no ultimate heavenly value. Is there anything sinful about it? No. But as an ulterior motive or substitute for what God calls us to do, yes. 
That book is going to help cast a vision for you. There's a reason why two-thirds of all those books have been purchased by your wife, your women, men. They know the need more than you and I seem to know it. What is it going to take? How much more nudging does the Holy Spirit have to do to get our attention? How much? How long are we going to thumb our prophetic noses at the gospel, at this Holy Spirit, and say, well, yeah, that's for somebody else? What are we going to do, men, when we stand before God on the day of judgment? And he said, what did you do to raise up your children and grandchildren to the nurture and favor of the Lord? Oh, I took them to church. Really? What else did you do? Did you build the Word of God into their lives? Did you help them to memorize it? Did you sit down with them and have time together at least every week uh, to spend quality time with them to study and apply the Word of God? Oh, you didn't do that? What do you think God's going to say? What are you going to say? Oh, well, I thought my pastor would do that. Really? There's no place in the Bible that says your pastor is supposed to do that. But there are places where you're supposed to, like Deuteronomy chapter 6. Yeah. This is our moment of truth, my friend. You and I are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Not a hundred years from now, but right now. You and I had the responsibility to prepare the way of the Lord in our families first, then in our echoing spheres of influence, because Jesus is coming soon, and the majority will fall away because they are not ready. Will you? Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Get a copy of King of the Mountain, get a copy of uh, Parts of the Fathers, and then also Antichrist, all on our website. I think you're going to find them extremely helpful for such a time as this. God bless. Be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 